0: If you want to get involved, these are the people you need to meet. The event is free and open to the public with free food. That's right, free food. So stop on by, open to all majors. Once again, open house. Stop by the Sugar Palm Room, located
1: upstairs in the Student Union, room 228. All right, so the men's basketball team, a thrilling game I saw back. Absolutely. The ending was... Definitely Get your you
0: nitroglycerin pills. Yeah,
1: definitely, like, the end of the game, like kind of, like, had your heart racing a bit. Um, a late foul, with, like, 0. .4 seconds left on the clock. Elijah Martin steps to the free throw line, sinks two free throws. Uh, Tulane just, like, throws a ball at uh, uh, FAU, intercepts it. Game over, FAU wins 85-84 to Tulane. A team with, like, I heard multiple players, average double digits in that game. Good team. Two, yeah, it's really a very good team seeing that game. So what are your guys' reaction to the result of that game, including the ending?
2: You want to go first, Cameron? Sure, I'll take it. Um, I guess this is just, like, what FAU basketball is now. And, like, the American, like, every game is, like, a couple of heart attacks waiting to happen. Um, it's, I guess it's just, like, my thought going into this game was, like, they haven't had, like, a stretch this bad in – multiple seasons so it's like my my expecting my expectation was them to come out of there like their hair is on fire but you know Tulane's a good team this is a good conference you're not gonna have like off nights Mm -hmm. um but it was good to see like them getting back to like those things um that for so long have made them a really good team I Shameless plug like uh J D likes to say. I wrote a column about this and in it I kinda of break down. I love like,
0: it. Shameless plug. Do they, it. Put they, it.
2: They gotta they had to start getting back to the things that, you know, made them a good team. They mm-hmm. liked it. in the past they liked to rely on their red hot three point shooting, but that got away from them in those three games. Um, after Arizona, it, it started to pick back up a little last night. I want to say they shot just like a hair under uh, forty percent. Looking
1: at like from the field, forty four percent from behind the arc, thirty eight percent. like a little like not like averaging the past couple of games like twenty. Yeah, 20%, I'm I'm sure like. that
2: the, for at least the three point percentage, that's like a touch below like their season average is what I'm assuming. But it's a significant jump from the brutal three point shooting like for the past couple nights. Um, Vlad had, Vlad golden had a really good night. And um, Nick
1: boy as well I love the team 21. He points. led the team with 21,
2: but Vlad had 19 right behind him and a lot of like really good uh, like rebounds from him. See him making his presence felt which you didn't exactly feel those past couple of games. so seeing him who's supposed to be like the best player on this team. It, having a seven foot one center is not something a lot of teams uh, can brag. so playing through him when it, when you can. Um, getting back to that, mm-hmm. getting back to those things, it's you started to see it a little bit last night, so that's good.
1: It's good like CFAU, a ranked team, get a victory because I've seen the past couple of days and um, men's college basketball a lot of yeah. ranked teams, cleaning a lot in the top ten have lost so it's like least good because right. you're about like oh what then, you be a part exactly, of that trend that's
2: the what i'm saying about like the american and like it's not just fau like mm-hmm. fau's dropped these couple but like take a look at memphis they struggled uh a night before night before last against
0: yeah they've been winning those grind out games yeah for
2: it's, sure. it, so it, it's not just fau it's playing in the american it's mm-hmm. playing at much tougher schedule and just some of the calls and the bounces didn't go their way like we talked about this a couple episodes Every bounce, every call, damn near went their way mm-hmm. a year ago. That's not going to happen this year, and we're seeing that happen.
1: So um, good I, to get
2: a win. Good to see them getting back to, like, the things that make them great. And
1: kind of like I said last uh, episode, last Tuesday, remembering what John L. Davis said after the Bryant loss, which was when you're the best, everyone's going to come at you, with uh, come at you like what JD said, like a full-on punch. Like, they're going to come at you and yeah. try to be better I than mean, you. And, like, that's pro-
2: Man, they were... That was there a, was a lot of turnovers that was, in that game. Was, that was a that was like a a gritty game, man. The crowd was getting into it, the, and, it like um, the announcers,
1: seemed like the announcers probably like that's like some speculation. The group chat we're on whether they were like. Let's, oh, I mean, let's what's, not talk about the group chat. But what's yeah.
2: what's uh, what's number twenty four from Tulane? Something Cross Junior. Cross I don't know his Junior. First name, uh, Kevin Cross. Really or, good, but man, he's a motor mouth. He was going yeah, at yeah, he it was like with John L from, and Nick from like the first play of the game. So like to go in there like on a rough stretch. Um,
0: and have and you know what I think that's gonna happen and I think I think our guys are well tested for that but yeah. I did peep that the, their uh, Tulane's player their six eight forward Kevin Cross Jr. really good by the way a really great player though I mean he he had a spectacular game he was yeah. hitting shots that usually players of like his type shouldn't mm-hmm. be hitting. Um, I just say that because like usually those those smaller like forwards that are are known to like pass the ball. He was hitting threes. Mm -hmm. He was hitting mid ranges. Very great player.
2: Stats. Kevin Cross did not come out once all night. He played forty minutes. Played
0: the whole game. He played the whole game. So definitely you know one of their premier players. I can't can't wait to see that Tulane game at home. But um yeah I mean they I I noticed that too. There was one bucket he scored on. On Nick, uh, he forced Boyd into a turnover. He was jawing at him the whole game. And, yeah. you know, our guys are tested for that. But, I mean, that needs to be the expectation that every game, these guys want to get in your head. You know what I mean? Especially after playing a rough stretch of basketball. Mm-hmm. These guys are going to be coming out your throats. They want the, it. the national media, whether we ask for it or not, we have it. And I think other teams know that. I think for sure Kevin Cross wants to get that national media attention that, look, I played all 40 minutes and I had a good game against an top. AP ranked team, you know, Mm -hmm. all these players are coming in, coming into playing FAU with the, with the idea of, oh man, if I have a good game, then the story will be about me. Absolutely. Yeah, but also
1: like uh, a team, like being ranked, like you want to like try to be better than them have that challenge, like, okay, this team, uh, highly ranked, and we're like the underdog, let's try and like show the media, show the world, we're not like that that we are not the underdog we actually they're coming here as the underdog
2: this is going to be every night though every time they travel they get on the road it's going to be just like that there's going to be like opposing fans jawing at them there's going to be opposing Mm -hmm. players who'd have much less to lose than they do jawing at them that's going to be every night like you look at tulsa and their bottom of the men's basketball standings in the aac right now what they just gave Memphis a night or two ago, like, the best run for the mm-hmm. money they've had all year. So, it's like, there's they're just no off nights, and it's every game, like, the, every game from now until the end of March is going to mm-hmm. be just like this.
1: Yeah, and um, we'll see how FAU does when UAB comes in to Boca, and during FAU's two-game uh, home uh, uh, home games Yeah, that's uh, gonna this be... Sunday, but, um, so looking back at this game... Because we were discussing last uh, episode about like some like the problems we set, we right. saw like with the team. Do you think watching that game, do you think they salt, they fixed all their problems? You want to take this one first yeah
0: um i think it's definitely a step in the right direction i think and uh you know i mentioned this with with uh, some people that were watching the game as well is that um when nick boyd's in the starting lineup they play with much better pace you know um you know young uh, nick boyd he he's definitely he was a big reason why we went as far as we did in march madness you know obviously march madness just brings out the best of of your players and and Coach May has said plenty of times like we're not going to be in March form in in December. Um, but you know Nick Boyd was battling an injury. Um, so it was blunder. Like, yeah, Vla- uh, they You're actually said on head. the broadcast that he's fighting through some things. Um, so you know the guys are beat up, but you know they're still finding a way. And I think that. They really dug deep, and they're they're kind of starting to, to to go back to the things that that made them so successful last year, which is winning those grind out games. You know, pushing with pace, moving the ball a lot better. You know, I noticed that when when the offense is slowing down, it's because dudes are dribbling way too much, which is gonna happen because teams are gonna play their best defense against you, and you know you're not gonna be able to get into all your sets. Um, so I mean, do I really? I th- do I think. Uh, their problems are fixed, I know, because I think every game that they're going to play is, we can pretty much consider a problem because every team's going to want to come and uh, hit FAU with their best punch. Um, but, you know, I think they played some really good basketball yesterday. Um, I will say, though, we did get bailed out with that final call because we did pretty much almost sell uh, that ending. They went on a 4 0 run to take the lead. And, um, I mean, if, if Elijah Martin doesn't get fouled on that shot, uh, that's a uh, that's another loss, and that's our first. Uh Losing streak in over a couple seasons, so
1: yeah, first back to back losses I think since like they said like in twenty twenty two or something. So. Right, we haven't had
0: back to back losses in a lo- really long time, which is honestly really funny to hear out loud, and just goes to show how spoiled the FAU fan base is <laughs> of like after how after a success- single year too. after a single year of success, like mm-hmm. how spoiled we are that our team loses a couple bad games, ha- n- no losing streak mind you, we we always bounce back, and they're ready to be like, we're not even gonna make it to the turn. Like, we're gonna be NIT bound. We're get, we're making the tournament. You know, yeah. we we were definitely we were ready to hit the panic button. Um, like I, like Cameron said earlier, he wrote a great column piece. Check that out. youpressonline.com. dot I believe the title is. Uh, I think the title was uh, why. Do you remember the title?
2: God, I, that's crazy that a day later I don't. Let's see. It's
0: all good, but you know we'll we'll, we'll plug that real quick. Great opinion piece. Um, yeah, but, you know, I was say, Cameron. No do you- no time to, to,
1: to hit the panic button yet. Yeah, I was gonna say like Cameron, do you think like from watching that game?
2: Ooh. I'll say that one I don't like it it it's a hard question to answer because I don't think there was too much to panic about before but um the the kind of like chinks in the armor they they showed um, one one game isn't shouldn't like completely like wash that from your mind for anybody like like I said the things that um, that they needed to get back to um leaning on your seven foot one center leaning on your ridiculous three-point shooting uh your, your ability to move the ball um they they're a back in one game they're back to leaning on those things be consistent like you were last year mm-hmm. um la- like last year i don't think there was any worry at all like night to night like what team's going to show up like you knew you knew what fau team you were gonna eat, no matter the opponent um getting back to those same things. So, yes, it was a start getting back to those same things, but I'm going to need more than one game sample size. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, just, I have people, friends, text me that they're hearing us over the breezeway. So, in case you're wondering who we are and what we're talking about, this is the Upress Play Sports podcast. Yeah. <laughs> check us out on Instagram at you Press Play Sports or on OWL Radio. Um, Every Tuesday and Friday. Every Tuesday four and Friday, five. 4 to 5 p.m. you um, also can check out the Instagram Live video. Check us cool. out on Instagram Live. We're live as well um shout out justin uh if he he, he's the one that texted me let me know we're on live it's always a little surreal you know we're we're just three geeks talking about sports (laughs) but sometimes we realize like oh
1: yeah you know this is live yeah um but what about you medics how'd you feel about the game uh i i was watching the game um and also working on some of the notes for uh, our upcoming podcast looking at the game uh i thought like good definitely uh i saw them improve a lot seeing them making those three pointer pointers but one thing i did notice was even though they did improve on that uh, uh, behind the arc shooting, um, they still at times were up big. They were up by like double digits a couple times, had like pretty long leads. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they lose that and like close to the end of the game where like crunch time, if it was like a close game of crunch time in the last few minutes, and uh, Tulane going to four and you no know, run for a John, for Elijah Martin um, kind of like quote unquote like save the day for that game. So I think. It was I also seen them a lot of times making all those like it felt like it felt like they needed to like make those three pointers a lot and I even seen them keep missing them but, like you don't make as many three pointers when you're up in the, by like Double digit lead or like by a like couple possessions, like you can still like make layup, make jumpers, but don't have to like always go behind the arc. Yeah. So I think that's like something yeah, that has I, to improve, especially against UAB, which is like a pretty good program. Another, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah.
0: that's definitely. I mean, that goes for all basketball teams that live and die by the three. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that if you're not hitting that three, you got to find a way to generate some offense. And I just think that's just the general, just like um what's the word I'm looking for it's just a popular thing right now is that it's either threes or layups mm-hmm. and you know I think basketball teams are at their best and this is why John L is w- w- are one of our better players is that he can hit that mid-range you know he can get to the, those spots in the middle of the floor that are usually wide open when you're known as a team that's emphasizing either three-point shooting or layups mm-hmm. um especially since we have Vlad I mean like how awesome would it be if Vlad was like a stretch big and like he could like every from time to time knock down a corner three like I really think we would be unstoppable. Becoming Victor Wembanyama was like
2: shooting. That's three. what I'm saying like they like the Victor Wimbenyama's, like have spoiled us like yeah it, it's hard man it's when you're that big it's hard to move around the floor like a but guard. you
0: know what every time I see that uh, Vlad hit like a mid range jumper I'm like man it's Christmas like what mm-hmm. a gift because it's pretty cash like I, we would have to go back and like do the numbers of like what the percentage is of him shooting from the mid range but like
2: I feel like he probably get I mean. I, mean, I don't, I've never heard someone like be like, "Oh, Vlad's a bad shooter." But I, I don't. I think he get like people don't assume he can't shoot just because he'll like it's once in a blue moon he'll even like have a mid range attempt. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like very very rarely there will have to. But be when he takes them, mile.
0: they look good. So you know, I don't know. If, hey, on, on the slim chance uh, the basketball teams listening, let Vlad shoot more middies. In, yeah. <laughs> They're cash.
1: Yeah. I also heard that like whenever John L. Davis like the lead scorer for FAU, like FAU has a pretty good chance of like. Winning that game, especially, yeah, no, especially kind of, against the Arizona game, like leading score against a top team like Arizona, and like 35 points, like a point sh- a point shy of like tying your career high. Like no, you're right. Like John, I've tweeted this sometime before, but like John L. Davis has
2: his best games against the best opponents. And like, the But guess what? Games. That's
0: what you want from a drafts prospect. If John L. Davis isn't on your draft boards, you're not watching enough ball. So
2: well-rounded, dude. Like, his ability to, like, slash and, like you at said... Career
0: high and assist this last game.
2: So good, uh,
0: man. Oh, he had that one that was dirty, where, he, like, the, the defense was overreacting to the three-point line. He was at the mid-range, and I think he hit Spoon under the rim. Oh, like yes, early look. in the like middle of the first Like half. a shovel pass. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. John L., he, he's definitely a... Uh, a a really, like, well-rounded player, you know, a tenacious defender. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man, we're we're definitely really spoiled to have these group of guys at our school, for Mm -hmm. sure.
1: Yeah, going to uh, college, both college and pro football, a lot happened in the past couple days. The carousel
0: goes round and round and round. Yeah, Yeah, even
1: before, like, a couple, like, even, like, less than an hour before this podcast started, um... Alabama just got a new head coach. All right, so already like a lot of stuff's happening, and we're going to dive right into the Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban, who had about 17, I believe, 17 years with Alabama, took them to great heights, multiple national championships, both in the BCS and the College Football Playoff. He announces his retirement, and in less about an hour or so ago, Washington's head coach, uh, the, this year's AP Coach of the Year. Kaelin DeBoer is now taking his spot reactions, you guys, to that.
0: Um, I'll, I'll start off with the Saban, and then if you have any thoughts on Kaelin DeBoer, because I'm, I'm not really too familiar with his go game. Ahead, ahead. Um, you know, I, I, watched, uh, the, I watched a couple clips of, of Saban's interview with ESPN about announcing his retirement, and, um, you know, let me just preface this before I, I go on on that, is I'm not an alabama fan in the slightest and that's not because i am you know i'm a fan of florida and you know they always smack them up in the sec or you know anything like that it's just it, it's kind of the same reason why most people hate the patriots mm-hmm. no offense maddox actually full offense but um <laughs> dolphins fan it's <laughs> a dolphins fan well yeah, they, yeah yeah, but it's just they were so gosh darn successful mm-hmm. all the time like uh, I saw a stat which was just like, just so much credit to Nick Saban's greatness is that he has produced more first round yep. picks than he has losses mm-hmm. as his time in Alabama. And I mean, dude, he was just so, so successful that it was just easy to root against him because. Um, I'm somebody that enjoys parody in my sports. You know, I love it when there's two uh, teams in, in the championship that ha- have no, never won a championship. You know, I, I I got tired of seeing Alabama in the national championship. Alabama every, and Clemson in uh, the past like couple yeah, years. there was yeah, there was a good stretch where it was Alabama and Clemson every time, and it's like, gosh, it was just like so annoying. Like, how can I be a fan of this guy? But then after I saw his interview, where you know he was being a little bit more down to earth. And he pretty much said, like, you know, I'm just getting older. He he was pretty much saying that his age was catching up to him and that, you know, the the grueling uh, mental effects, you know, because as a head coach, it's not like you're a player who's, like, smashing players and, you know, lifting weights, but just, like, the mental effects of prepping for a game, game planning, defense, offense, you know, like a bad player,
1: bla- Or, like, a bad player, bad game. Like, someone comes on, like, a radio show you're on, and they, like, come at you fast. Like, we right, saw Tyler having, from... Right. Uh, Spartansburg to like Dabo like something like that like a lot of mental effects behind the scenes right yeah so. you know having
0: to deal with the media and stuff like that just he, he was like I just I can't do it anymore and it actually like it made him seem less like the hard robot that he is and it actually made him a little more human and it made me feel bad because you know father time is undefeated dude like he probably if he could coach for another 10-15 years he probably would mm-hmm. um but you know he just felt like it was time and after seeing that interview, it really just made me step back, and I was like, "Damn, man! Like that's that's a great, what a great guy for football." Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, congrats to him on his retirement, and you know, it was it was a pleasure to root. It, to, it was a pleasure to see him fail because he was so successful, but that's just all credit to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So now into the future, um, their guy they got like literally like confirmed like an hour ago, a Kalen DeBoer. Uh, I'm sure all you know how great like the season at Washington is but he kind of ha- I think why I think and pretty much everybody agrees it's like a consensus great hires it's just like a great track record like wherever he goes he at his uh alma mater in at NAIA, NAIA school Co falls he won three national championships taking over for his own college coach which is like uh big shoes to fill and then as uh part of the staff at eastern michigan um saw, helped a really great turnaround there Uh, Got to Washington, did nothing but great things on the field, on the recruiting uh, trail. Really, really great hire. And how young he is, Mm -hmm. um, I think part of it was, like, part of that was getting someone, like, around, like, that stage in their career, where they can start. I don't want to say start, because he was just in the national championship, but... Uh, begin building something new at Alabama, you know, in the shadows of Saban. Um, my first, as, again, like everybody else, Lanning was probably who I would, like... Dan that Lanning, That yeah. was, like, the hire, I'd say, that, like, that really nice-looking home run hire, but um, he just seems so bought into Oregon. Like, I'm sure all you guys saw, like, the, the Instagram post where he, like, posted his location from, like, the team, uh, Twitter. Um, I'm sure, like, I'm sure... Saban himself was involved in that hiring process like I'm I don't know the reporter off the top of my head but um, like an Alabama beat reporter posted Saban going into the uh, office at 8 a.m. the day after his retirement I won't be doing that. Mm I can trust yeah, you. Yeah, everyone
1: was joking, like, oh, it's like wife. Like, after, like, a couple hours, like, retirement, and she's like, yeah, go back to work. Or, like, yeah. oh, Alabama needs new head coach. Here comes Nick Saban. I was like, like, he,
2: might, he already hates retirement, obviously. But I'm sure Saban is going to, in some capacity, is going to be involved with the program still, which, so I think that's going to be a good thing to assimilate Kalen DeBoer. Because it, it's a, it's a uh, besides, like, having to take over for, um, like, the greatest coach of all time, that's a it's culturally that's a very different job. Washington and Alabama, not only because of like the championships, but it's west, football it just it's just west coast to the south. I would say mm-hmm. football is just so much different at not only in the south, but football is different at Alabama compar- compared football. to the rest of the the football craze south. Yeah. So it's even for someone like him, that's it's a huge, huge step. Um, but I think it's about as good a fire they could have made
1: yeah i think yeah. also like you have a lot of pressure to try to like convince the uh current players and incoming recruiting class like hey say here we're gonna like continue building on we're gonna continue going to the national championship because we saw like an hour after he announced his retirement yeah. a uh, four-star wide receiver i think his name was ryan williams he decommitted and uh just saw a thing that isaiah bond who made a ridiculous catch in the to end the iron bowl um, he is, like, uh, already entering the transfer portal. So, like, already we have seen kind of the effect that it has had where Nick Saban leaves. And, and I'm like, sure,
2: be, and like, in the times we live in with, like, the transfer portal and all that, I'm sure he'll be bringing some baggage with him from Oh yeah, Washington All those recruits
0: here. from Washington, yeah. But I will say that's, that is definitely a harder sell because oh, Washington yeah. all yeah. the way to Alabama, that's literally the opposite corner yeah, and of like, the country. Right now, like, a
1: lot of people are pointing out that, like, now with Alabama's, like, head coach gone, like, like, the whole college football landscape has changed, including, like, it seems like the SEC is wide open. Like I still feel like it's going to run through like schools like Georgia and Texas coming in probably maybe Texas possibly in like next couple of years or so. But like uh, I mean, for a while it's, it's been like Georgia and Alabama. Those. No, two you're teams. right,
2: and I'm sure like the the powers that be at all these other SEC schools are thinking the same thing. Like, finally, he's mm-hmm. gone. Finally, mm-hmm.
1: like Mississippi State's happy. Let's go. Yeah,
2: it's like it's up to them to, though to you know step into that void because like in, it's not like Alabama's just gonna like go to, you know what, like, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden. Like, Kalen is a good coach. Yeah. He's going to keep getting as much talent, I'd say, as Saban because he's based in the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And so now you have the ability. That West Coast
0: offense, baby. Yeah,
2: well, you just have the ability to recruit the entire country. Like, not every coaching candidate Mm -hmm. had, like, as strong ties on the West Coast. Mm Mm-hmm. As Kalen DeBoer does. Also, so,
1: DeBoer brings in that, like, coach of the year status as well. It's like, yeah, okay, And, there, this and there's no...
2: Go. I don't think there's any, like, who who better besides maybe... Not even Dan Lanning. Like, who better than the coach who was in the national championship 15 minutes ago? Like, sure, he lost. Mm-hmm. But who better than the coach who was in the national championship 15 minutes ago to say, like, oh, I'm the one that can keep this
1: train rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another co- big coaching change happening, uh, pro football... Is Pete Carroll uh, was released by uh, the Seahawks also on the same day that Saban was? Uh, Did we get reti- in that on the last show? Uh, nah, th- no, no, this didn't. was around like Wednesday, I believe. Okay, and so now Pete Carroll be taking an off a uh, job in like the front office. Right. Um, so now the uh, coaching carousel for pro football has expanded even more than what we talked about last week with a couple of teams letting go of their head coaches. Also within hours of our uh, podcast, and now. Who do you think is the best candidate to take the Seattle Seahawks seat as a head coach?
2: That's it, that's. that's it. I
1: have no idea who's going to take over
0: for the Seahawks. Um, I didn't get to watch the press video for, uh, Pete Carroll. Um, he was very like emotional. I like, talking about, like his wife. And yeah, it, was, like, it very sounded. Emotional it thing. sounded like he didn't really want to stop being the coach. Um, you know he's always been known for having great energy on the sideline. Um. You know, just being available to the team, so you know that, that's definitely gonna be leave a, a huge void in that team. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they definitely have a lot more questions than answers over there. I don't know who's gonna take over. Um, but I mean, if there's any time to change your head coach, it's definitely right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of like the same boat as JD. Like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm an expert on like the available candidates. I w- my leaning is all you in like the modern NFL. Go offensive guy, mm-hmm. uh, like you can have like an offensive-minded guy or a defensive-minded guy, or there's some guys who kind of fall in the middle. But I would lean towards an offensive guy. Like I don't think you have an exact answer at quarterback. I think and they have some flexibility at quarterback, which like it you you have to build a team. But it, it, to me, it like I'm a Bears fan, so it comes down to quarterback for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two names that I've seen floated Ben, uh, not specifically for. Uh, Seattle, But, you know, offensive mining candidates, Ben Johnson, OC, mm-hmm. at um, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Was Great first. things he's done, like one of the best offenses in the league. Great things like in the renaissance, I guess, of Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. He's been a big part of that. And then another one, he actually interviewed for the Bears' offensive coordinator job, mm-hmm. um, Clint Kubiak, He's the um, passing game coordinator for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, Shanahan Tree is always, you know, yeah. everybody knows all about that. Um, but that I lean, I tend to lean towards offensive guys, and especially in, like, the situation in Seattle where you have to fi- kind of figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. Is like, you're rolling with Geno, which is an option? I'm, I'm of
1: the fan that it's, like, if there's any time to go young, it's now. Maybe. Yeah. There's a lot, of, like, good uh, quarterbacks coming much better than, like, uh, last cu- couple uh, drafts classes ago. That one draft class with Kenny Pickett and a couple other guys. Like, that draft class really wasn't, like, the strongest, like yeah. the uh, that uh, we have seen.
2: But speaking of coaches, Patriots fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> how we feel about Gerard Mayo taking over for uh, Bill Belichick?
1: Oh uh, well, first um, I gotta thank uh, Coach Belichick. he's even listening to this. Uh, just in <laughs> case of, Bill uh,
2: Belichick <laughs> is listening to our podcast. Yeah, I Go just gotta say,
1: like it. you did definitely you did a lot for the New England uh, area. Definitely a lot for Patriots fans. Um, Giants fans are are just ruthless in their... Headlines for their articles. I did see that. That's yeah, I, that's they, hilarious. There's like a trend, like every single article, like like a paid, like the head coach, like with Tom Brady, they're always like, "So and so lost to the Giants." It's like, okay, um, they still living like living back in that uh, time. Committed to the bit. Yeah. Um, I was really not. I was sad to see him go, but I really wasn't surprised. We all, including like a lot of people in the Patriots community, all kind of knew this was happening. Yeah. Uh, against the Cowboys on the road, the worst. Road loss under Bill Belichick. Then the next week against the Saints, worse home loss under Bill Belichick. And like those back-to-back games were like, uh, like almost shutouts. So like that like also hasn't happened. And then to the top of it all off, uh, losing to the Jets in the final game of regular season. I mean, you still got Patriots, still got a third pick, but like still like 15 years and r- 15 times in a row taking out the Jets. Now like losing like, I feel like that was definitely the Official nail on the coffin. Even though there were reports after the Germany game against the Colts that he was like already gonna be done, so it was definitely um, not much of a surprise. Just sad and like it's like one of those news where you hear where like you already know it's gonna happen, but once you hear it, like it still like kind of affects you. So it was one of those things. Don't Um, be sad that it's over. Be happy that (laughs) it happened. Be
2: satisfied with your like six Super
0: Bowl. Yeah. That's that's such hater stuff. (laughs) though. Like I feel you, big dog. But like it's our. I mean, dude, when you spend. Half uh, or excuse me, a quarter of a century mm-hmm. with one team, like you, you should definitely have a right to, to be emotional and like if there's any huge shoes and a void that needs to be filled, it, it's Bill Belichick's job. Yeah. Absolutely. And
2: I mean, uh, you gotta feel good about Gerard Mayo though. Yeah, I, I mean, have like, no I idea like who, uh, his... who is who is uh, Patriots so, fan. Who is Gerard Mayo? So like? he, former Patriot himself. Is he a li- pa- is he the linebacker? Yeah, he's a linebacker
1: yeah. coach. Um, he has been, he has coached under Bill Belichick for a little while, and actually... He's been, like, the,
2: like, the, not to, like, cut you off, but, like, I've heard his name floated, like, before this, like, Belichick mania. Um, he's, like, like the head coach in waiting, like, the, I don't know if incumbents are right, I don't think that's the right word, but... Um,
1: yeah, like, so, like, he's been coaching under Bill Belichick's wing for, like, five years after spending a little time retiring before that, like, ending the season in 2016. Um, and... I was reading this from um, one of the uh, SB Nation blogs for the Patriots, and they were saying how like he has been con- he was contractually op- uh, agreed upon between the Patriots and uh, Jared Mayo to um, be like Bill Belichick's, uh, Bill Belichick's successor. and now it's from a, uh, a Twitter um, post. A tweet from uh, Ian Rappaport uh, the other day on January 11th. Which
2: that has to make you feel good though, because like the, like more than any other team like in the league, like the Patriots like Mm -hmm. emphasize like the Patriot way. Yeah, I feel like for
1: him, like uh, definitely brings in like one thing like he's a coach like a lot of players love, like always want to have that as like a head coach, which is like players who like. Understand him, including him being a former uh, player as well. He spent his entire career in New England, so he definitely knows the Patriot way. Yeah, having that background, learning under Bill Belichick, uh, having Bill Belichick also coach you, you're kind of having that understanding of it, of the whole Patriot way, and bringing like, a new emphasis to, it, especially being such a young head coach, uh, is a good thing. And actually, he's like the they said. He, I heard he's the youngest head coach in NFL history right now. Yep. He is a month younger than Sean McVay. He's 37 years old. So. Adding in the young guy, the youngest head coach in NFL history, replacing against the oldest coach in NFL history is kind of, like, ironic. Circle um, of life. Yeah. On January 24th, the 25th, Owlthon at FAU is hosting their annual Be Bold Push Day. Owlthon is a nonprofit organization that raises funds and awareness for children receiving care at Nicklaus Children's Hospital in Miami. Starting at 10 a.m., Owlthon will be challenging our community to, quote, be bold, for 26.2 hours. During that time, there will, there will be games, give backs, and a dodgeball tournament, including fundraising pushes and more spread throughout campus. If you're interested in getting volunteer hours, becoming more involved in the community, or helping to change lives, and follow at FAU on Instagram. Now diving into the playoffs, um, for Pat- for Dolphins fans, uh, t- uh tomorrow. Patriots fan. We heard that. We heard <laughs> that, we heard that. For, uh, for Dolphins fans tomorrow. Um might not be your day weather-wise hey, and hey, streaming wise, hey, hey. but um a lot of games happening in the super wild card round happening uh, over the weekend and on Monday, which would be Martin Luther King Day, so um no classes, so a lot of uh, a lot of people in America will be watching. Yeah, everybody
0: sleep. Everybody's getting to sleep in on Monday. Yeah. So stay up watching Wildcard Weekend.
1: And then watching the Eagles Bucks on Monday. Uh, so some of these games, um, you got. I think of some games. Let's go. On,
0: let's go in order. Let's go. Yeah. In
1: order. Uh, so who you guys have for winning the Texans Browns game and why? All right.
0: So, okay. Right. So, I have the Texans too, but just for the sake of radio, let's have a little bit of a. Uh, a little
1: I also, bit of, I, a parody. I also, I, I also vote for the, have the Texans you have the as well. Texans? Okay, okay so, so let's let's just for the
2: sake of conversation, let's say. Flacco magic's gotta run out soon, and I feel like a a home playoff game that is gonna be rocking in Houston mm-hmm. is the exact setting for that. Especially
1: that energy of like the team like last season having being like the second worst team game, the second overall pick. And how have your second overall pick and your rookie head coach taking his have length? CJ Stroud is like that. So yeah. Oh yeah, I and he agree. broke out like Ohio State that. he broke that Ohio State quarterback curse that um you can't J- you J- know, Justin you know, Fields couldn't Justin it, yeah. Fields couldn't do the job, CJ Stroud's
2: gonna do it. Yeah. But, but
0: all right, so alright, alright. No, I hear all that. I'm a big CJ Stroud fan. Houston gets their first home playoff game in a fat minute. Um but or you know, CJ Stroud's like that, but this is a rookie quarterback in a playoff setting, right? Right? A rookie head coach going against Kevin Stefanski, who, who already took the talks, Browns to the playoffs who, who has taken the Browns to the playoffs as far as the divisional round. Um, you know, he's used to playing a, a playoff road game, right? Uh, and you know, head head coach of the year mm-hmm. uh, conversations, you know, going against again a rookie head coach and that Cleveland defense is been a monster and just absolutely destroyed and embarrassed uh, teams all throughout the season. Is there is there no cause for concern that this might put C.J. Stroud in a bit of a pickle, having to go against this Cleveland defense in well, a playoff th-
1: game? Well, I think like because of it being like their early, like the first game of the wild card thing, you won't a wild card slot, You uh, shouldn't be surprised. Claim for in playoff time, um, there won't be like an early upset happening. I definitely think like this game's gonna go down to the wire. Uh, especially the score. I actually went down even more detail and went for the score 31-28 Texans, but I feel like it's definitely going to be up there for, like, scoring-wise, because it's an indoor build, it's in a dome, it's in a building, so there's not going to be any weather problems. So, like, they can, like, just break loose and, like... Uh, go ballistic and like
0: that's a, and that's another thing that that you know that's actually a good a good stat uh, well not a stat but a good pull that it is indoors is you know Cam you say that Flacco magic's gonna run out but this is a seasoned vet a, mm-hmm. a guy who's won a, a Super Bowl before and you think that all of a sudden he's just not gonna know how to play football anymore?
2: Not necessarily, but you know it's we we do this how many times a year mm-hmm. like we, like we know we know what it. it this it's gotta run out that that and I'm gonna leave. It oh there. yeah, and I mean, mean absolutely. But I will say, I'm, I'm, I'm we've been waiting towards we... Cleveland because Flacco going to Baltimore for a divisional matchup would be cinema.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and again, like a script writers the NFL will be like, that's good, that's what we want. Uh, so now the Chiefs Dolphins, um, and I'm kind of transitioning from like the indoor building to now like weather impact it is I believe projected to be right now negative 20 degrees, but with a wind chill of negative 30, and Tua is not great in Winter Games per a CBS Sports article the Dolphins are ten, have lost 10 straight games where the temperature is below 40 degrees at uh, kickoff and Tua completed only but has completed only 57% of his passes with a 5 to 7 touchdown interception ratio in cold games and plus are going to like a very loud statement uh, the Chiefs Stadium, like one Arrowhead's, won the loudest, if not the loudest stadium well, in the NFL. S- I'll take
2: this one first. I like th- it could be the most beautiful day Kansas City has ever seen. Mm-hmm. I'm going Kansas City. The Dolphins, like it, let's get the brass their They're one in nine against teams with winning record. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: I think so. The only one they had was against the Cowboys, and right. then like with the Bills thing, yeah.
2: And with like, don't mean to hate on your boy, but t- two is like perennially bad. Like in late season prove it And I games. just
1: saw a thing That he won't be Reportedly won't be wearing Gloves at the game Man, Which that, he, could, could. he could be wearing I mean, That's what I'm saying yeah. He could be
2: He's, he's proved He's proved me wrong Tua He hasn't shown up In late season Prove it games That didn't change Last week against Buffalo Mm-hmm.
1: You're going against Chiefs. What, the what, te- else, what else do you want me to say? I mean, like the Chiefs' offense, like, ha, uh, has been as like exciting as it's been the past couple of years we have seen. But their defense has been solid, including that secondary and that front uh, seven has been tremendous. So you're going against a really good brutalized defense. Line,
2: you're brutalized by injuries if you're in Miami too. So.
1: Yeah, like their offense have been uh, offenses out a lot and in, some injuries. I know their both secondary. Sides, yeah, the secondary has like really injured. Miami fan? Yeah. How are we feeling? Dolphins by 10. Uh, I Dolphins by 10. I swear 10. to God, I thought he was going to say no comment. Ooh, I enough. thought he was going to say no comment. Dolphins, <laughs> I don't know if 10. the mic picked that up. Over they definitely picked it
0: over the mic. But Dolphins, Dolphins by 10. No, uh, no, 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 no uh, that, that was That was for the sake of the bit. Um, <laughs> okay. If I was a betting man, if I was a betting man, I would take the Chiefs. However, if you want to cook your parlay up, if there's any upset... To take this uh, wild card weekend, I think you gotta look at the Dolphins because yes, the Dolphins and and are playing some of their worst football in, in in December. Yes, they're just absolutely devastated by injuries. But I will say this is that the injuries that the Dolphins are uh, devastated by, which is on defense. Luckily for them, they're going against the worst Mahomes offense that we've ever yeah. seen, and you know, like Tua isn't wearing gloves, you think those receivers with those butterfingers are going to benefit from those cold degrees? Especially if Kadarius Toney's playing. If Kadarius Toney plays, I got Dolphins by 17. Guess what he's going (laughs) to do. I was going to say 70. I was going to say 70. (laughs) He's going to go catch a pass. It's going to fall off those fingertips, and it's going to go back for a Jalen Ramsey pick six. I feel like Jalen Ramsey's due for a pick six.
1: I have lived in the North for a little while, uh, for a couple of years, in Pennsylvania. And being in the you're cold, like if, wait, oh,
0: you're from Pennsylvania? No, nah, I'm
1: from am uh, from uh, Florida, but uh, yeah, he's a Boston fan. Yeah, but yeah. for um,
0: who's it? You do you have ties to
2: Boston? Hold on, we need to unpack
1: this real quick. <laughs> do you have ties to Boston? Uh, no, I do have a couple. Of, I, do, I do have a couple of cousins who do live in Boston, but like
2: that's enough for you to root for. <laughs> that's better than like.
1: like I mean, if you, oh, yeah. they
2: were good when I started watching football, so I just started. But that that's not how that works. That's yeah,
1: that works. but um. Wow, But being in the North for a couple of years, like playing, like catching like a football or whatever, like in the cold, like Sucks. it can affect your fingers. Your fingers are becoming like, including in like in negative two degrees where people are saying like, even like the weather, people are saying, do not go outside. Like they're still going to go outside. Like that's going to really affect. It would be so funny to see players, because I've seen games where it's like clearly snowing, clearly like cold weather. I'm seeing offensive linemen and players. Just, like, having, like, no, like, jacket underneath their uniforms or nothing. It would be funny to see that in, like, negative two degrees. It would be funny oh, yeah. to see Yeah, you know, I think
0: it's really going to come down to which team can run the ball better. Mm-hmm. And if that's what it, it all only comes down to,
1: then my money's on the Dolphins. Yeah. All right, uh, the Bills and the Steelers. Bills.
2: More nasty weather. I'm looking at it right now. 18 degrees. Mm-hmm. 65 miles per hour, yeah. I would say up to 65 apparently with an 85 percent percent chance of rain and snow.
1: And Josh Allen's 15 and seven in uh 40 degrees or colder games. Give me Bills.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bills. I mean, there's not really much conversation to have. And there.
2: just the fact that they're a significantly better team. Than yeah, the Steelers. They, they are
1: starting well. Mason Rudolph in a playoff game. The Steelers. He just calls it the tournaments. Like, where are you from? Like doing like going to, like the March Madness tournaments. Like, nah, it's the playoffs. Um, ca- wait, 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 what? What are you mean? Nah, there's like a post game press conference. He did like after the uh, Steelers defeated the Ravens. He was like, "I'm so excited to go into this tournament." And people on Twitter were like, "Why are you saying a tournament? Like, you're going to like a March Madness? Uh, it's a playoffs." Yeah, a tw- he don't
2: even know where he's going. Give me, give me bills. Yeah, Bills. Uh, five uh, million.
1: Yeah, uh, we have to blame Miles Garrett for that. Uh, Packers, <laughs> <laughs> Packers, Cowboys <laughs> in uh, Dallas. Um, I mean, I really, I'm a
0: big fan of Jordan Love. I, 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 I you know. I have no ties to Green Bay. I have no reason to root for him, But I just think the kid's a baller, and I, I love it when an athlete, you know, shuts down narratives about if they can play or not. Mm. Great year. Um, but Especially replacing
1: someone like Aaron Rodgers. I, I Having big, big, well. big
0: shoes to fill um, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, you know, Cowboys are at home. They have a great, great record at home. Um, you know, I
1: would say giving Cowboys by a lot. Yeah, they have a good defense. And um, with Dak Prescott, he is a 36-9 touchdown interception ratio. On 410 completions, has 4,516 passing yards. Like it feels wrong. It feels really wrong,
2: actually, to pick the Cowboys and win a playoff game. But I'll be cold and dead before I pick the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, so I. But on Moore's more serious, yes, I'm going Dallas. Um, I think this is the year that maybe I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl, but have a respectable playoff run you know Mm -hmm. Dak has been playing this season has been playing you know much better much more efficient safer football than he has in years past like like the in years past like the the interception to touchdown ratio was like kind of like a something we all pointed to with Dak and that's Mm -hmm. way way down he's probably got like one of the best ones in the league this year um so not only are they they're they're playing really good football Dak's playing as best as he ever is, but um, I think Mike McCarthy t- has probably taken like a good look at his like in-game management situations. Like you've read the things about him like bringing analytics, things like mm-hmm. that. But a lot of those lo- like Cowboys playoff losses came down to like bad game management, whether that be Dak or McCarthy. Dak's kind of shown his part. I guess we're kind of waiting to see if Mike McCarthy's made those improvements, too. I think they have. I think yeah. they get it, if,
0: Yeah, if the Cowboys lose that game, it's because the Cowboys lost that game. Yeah. Right. because
1: Green Bay won. Which is
2: which has been the case every Cowboys playoff game for however long.
1: Mm-hmm. However long. Yeah. So. Rams and the Lions.
2: This is the game that... I, the way I feel about this game is what J, uh, JD just said about Miami Kansas City. Yeah, so the you're, Staffordshire you're golf football, yeah. Give, give me... Give me Rams over Detroit. If, whoa, is that really such a big whoa, though? Wait, I mean, oh, Rams, six, uh, Rams over Detroit. Over yes, uh, my, my, my
0: bad. I heard Lions over. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, Detroit
2: has shown throughout the season they are very very mortal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Loss, bad losses like the loss to the Bears. It should have been two losses to the Bears. If I'm, if you watch those games, it should have been two losses, and then. You have Matthew Stafford, who's hooping right now, out there throwing seeds every time he touches the ball. To yeah. Throw,
0: I've never heard that phrase before. Throwing seeds. He
2: hooping out there, man. And they—they have they a really—they have a really good o- uh, offense around him. Um, we all, everything, everyone knows how great of a coach Sean McVay is. Man, we've got a
0: lot of great rookies in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. A lot of great rookies. I uh,
2: think that.
1: Same old Lions or the same old Lions on Sunday. Yeah, to me. To go in there and get it done. To me, I don't expect... Like, I do expect the Lions to win, not by, like, a high-scoring game, but I think it'll still be entertaining. Um, I do think, like, that playoff it's energy... a good offense. It's I do feel like out. that playoff energy, like, goes unmatched. Like, you'd be like, okay, we did bad this entire season, but going to the playoffs, like, a different type of energy, I gotta bring that up. And we know Dan... Everyone knows Dan Campbell, he can bring that energy in. Yeah. So I feel like... Yeah. Um, I don't see the Lions going really that deep into like going to all to the NFC Championship to the Super Bowl, but I do feel like against the Rams, I feel like I feel like they could get that edge. Could again be like a, probably be a last second play or like goes down to the wire. But I do think Lions at home, that crowd, first time, a tremendous season, like, a season many like fans, a season, years or something yeah, a season like many fans dreamed of. They want that opportunity. And yeah. I feel like the fans are going to show up and make that game a difference. I, yeah, I think Detroit
0: just wins off of sheer narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously the Rams, uh, well, at least parts of their team are a little more uh, seasoned vets. You know, winning a Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford could definitely expose that, that Lions defense, but... I just think everybody's rooting for Detroit to get mm-hmm. that first playoff. Who's win. everybody? Well, okay, but not, you, the, ba- not the Bears. Have, not the Bears fan. Not the person in the NFC North. All, all NFC for them to All win, NFC
1: North see, fans want to see, uh, the ba- the Lions to lose. All NFC North fans. As you guys can see, we
0: can't help our bias. <laughs> um, but as far as picking a winner. I just want a good game. Mm-hmm. I'll yep. go with that. I want a good game.
1: And finally, then on good for say a good game to end on Martin Luther King Day, sure. a day of resting us uh, around the around a lot, especially around for uh, um, schools in America. Yep. Buccaneers and the Eagles. Eagles come into Tampa Bay. Who you guys have winning that game? Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. The
0: Eagles. I'm sorry, they're cooked. Jalen, Jalen Hurts has a finger injury. Apparently, he hasn't thrown a football since yeah, he injured him. There's like a throwing hand as well, which is like a big thing. Right, it's a big problem. It's an away game. They're 1-5 their last six games. Yeah, you can make the argument that they could win just off of a sheer talent difference, but I think... Todd Bowles, you know, having experience in a Super Bowl as the defensive coordinator with that team that won the Super Bowl. Um, If Baker Mayfield can just play mistake-free football, you're not playing a great defense at that, you know. They haven't, I don't know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but um, if he could just not turn the ball over and if they could just get an ounce, uh, a a smidget of something out of that that, uh, run game, yeah, man, I think the Eagles are going to get exposed.
1: Yeah, as a person who, like, does not like the Eagles, especially being a Pats fan and knowing Super Bowl 52 did not like that, but um, I do think the Eagles could, in a way, provide, the, like, for, uh, ranking-wise, the upset, even though they have a far better record than the Bucs. Um, but I did see a stat that, I, like, because they were 1-5 in, in the last six games, something about, like, um, that no team has surpa- surpassed, I think, I believe it was, like, the first round of the playoffs. I have one ending the season with that record. Um and finally we're gonna go into um Wait, the wait, wait. Eagles, please. Oh yeah.
2: My reasoning being that I'm not putting money on Baker Mayfield to win a playoff game, sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. What but he has. But he has.
0: but he has. Not now. But he has. Not now. But he has. So, Are we i we gonna fi- be
2: keeping track of this across the playoffs to see who knows ball the most out of all I, mean, I mean, okay, I mean, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. So before you, we viewers, log do off, you agree let's with let's
0: that? Log- yeah, before we log off, let's pick our official picks, and I'm, by the, the end, end of, of the playoffs, you, I'm logging in. I'm locking so in. how about this? Let's do it like this. We're gonna just I'm gonna make up. Okay, make it interesting. Wild, okay, so here's here's what we're gonna do. Wild card. If you get it right, it's one point. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Okay. It, if you get the divisional right, it'll be two points. Two points. Further and further, right right. right, right, and whoever has the least amount of points will come up with a punishment. Ooh. how about that? What, how, about, what, oh, how about this? The person who has the, the, the most who, points. Wait,
2: the person who loses gets to pick their own punishment?
0: No, no, no. Whoever has the most points gets picks pick the, the punishment punish- for Ooh, the lowest okay. points. Okay. And that and The person with sense. the the second place just survives. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, all right, let's. Uh, Maddox, executive a producer, please take uh, t- uh, write down our takes. Please. So, uh, I have. I have, all right, see, so now now this junk is serious, so now mm-hmm. let me get my real, real picks. Okay. All right, I got Texans. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Game after that, I got Fins, baby. Give me the Fins.
1: <laughs> one point loss
0: already. Okay. <laughs> give me the Fins. All right, game after that is... Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Bu- give me Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, game after that is... Green Bay and Dallas. Give me Dallas. Mm-hmm. Dallas. Uh, after that, give me... Oh, that's the tough one. That's a really tough point. You know right
2: do. you go. You know, you, you know... Detroit ain't going to get it
0: done. You know who to go. You know what? Yeah, give me the Rams. Give, right, me the the Rams. Rams. <laughs> give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. I'm trying to help you. I want Detroit to get it, but I, I, don't, I don't They're just heartbreak city. Yeah. So.
2: Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. Last
0: one. Give me Bucks, bro. Give bucks? me alright you all right. Y'all going to be big mad when I get all those easy points. All right, Cameron, rem- Uh, so you got?
2: Uh, We're going to ramble these off fast. Give me Houston. Give me Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Give me Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Give me Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. give me L.A., Mm -hmm.
1: and give me Dallas. All right. That's the winning ticket right there. Yep. Um, That parlay is cooked. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can listen to the recording of this podcast anytime, anywhere on Owl Radio Spotify. Signing off, he has been Cameron Priester. You can follow him at at Priester Cameron on Twitter. And he has been JD Del Castillo. You can
0: follow him on JD. Uh, is it di- JD Del Castillo <laughs> on Instagram? Not because the Twitter's different. Don't do me like that. Uh, and JD <laughs> underscore Del Castillo on Twitter.
1: And you can follow me on social. Uh, I'm Maddox. And you can follow me on socials at Maddox Maddoxblade04 on uh, Instagram and for Twitter Maddox at Maddox Screenberg. Thank you so much. You've been a tremendous audience, and so- see ya. See, see ya. ya.